Good morning, and welcome to O'Readers Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, February 5th, 2018, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 24, the first full paragraph, and it's in italics. Today's readers are Stacy T. on the 12 Steps, Mary Jane Z. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Kathleen O., Kathy Jo P., and Ashley P. Today's um, reference numbers are for Sunday, uh, the special edition on February 4th is 11,005. And for this morning, 7 a.m. East Coast time meeting, the reference number is 11,006. And our newcomer greeter today is Melanie C. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's Fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Stacy T. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning. This is Stacy T., Recovering Compulsive Eater in Cleveland. Thanks for your service, Kathy. One, we admitted we were powerless over our food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. I pass. 
Thank you, Stacy T. And Mary Jane Z, would you please read our 12 traditions? Yes, good morning. May I be heard? Yes, you can. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop drinking, eating. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Mary Jane Z. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 24, the first full paragraph, and I will ask Kathleen O to get us started. Good morning. Kathy, thank you for your service today. And this is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force 
the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. And this this paragraph is so powerful because it defines the powerlessness of a, of a real compulsive overeater. And next to this paragraph, I have in big words, the forgetter. Um, because I, I can forget um, what the food did to me. I can forget the self-loathing and, and remorse that I would have when I would start binge eating and wonder how the heck did I get here? And, you know, this paragraph, it, it describes the mind of the compulsive overeater and why we're unable to stop. You know, no matter how much we want to, no matter how much we need to, um, our thinking and the, I mean, for me, it's like this is how I'm, I'm genetically wired this way, that once I start eating certain foods, I can't stop. And, and then this mental obsession kicks in and I can't stop thinking about it and my whole day can be consumed by it. And, you know, I, I, went on, I went on plenty of diets and I was successful. And I would feel really good as I was getting there, you know, and I did, I, I, have, I have some willpower, let me tell you. And I could muster it up and go on a diet and be successful and lose weight and get thin. And, but once I was done and once I was thin, what was I left with? Well, I was left with a bunch of feelings that always compelled me to think I could, I could now control it. And, you know, okay, I can eat a cookie. I'm thin now. I can have a cookie. And, but because of the way I'm put together, the way I'm wired, I've heard Leah call it physically mandated, which is probably a more articulate way to say it. But it's like, I can't, I can't help myself. You know, it's like, if, if, if anyone's ever had a border collie, they have a strong prey drive. They cannot help themselves. They are going to chase things. And, and it's just the way they're wired. Well, I'm wired this way that once I start eating certain foods, I'm not going to stop. And, and this forgetter in my head is always going to try to convince me. So, you know, what's the answer? What's the answer to not have this forgetter, to not have that mental blank spot happen? Well, I've got to find a power greater than myself because it certainly isn't anything else I've ever tried um, as far as diets or self-help books. I've got to find something greater than myself that I'm connecting with every day. I've got to not only have a spiritual awakening through the, through the result of these steps, but I've got to continue to work these steps. And trust me, I've done everything, rested on my laurels, stopped doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And guess what? That, that genetic wiring takes in. I start thinking in my head, oh, you know, this, this is going to be okay this time. And that is absolutely the worst place to be. So it's really about, um, you know, staying connected every day, working these steps and working with others so that I don't forget because my mind and body want to forget. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kathleen O. Okay, who would like to share on what Kathleen just read? Cynthia F. Sherry KB. Okay, I only heard Sherry KB. Sylvia F. Sima M. Sima M. Sylvia Allison F. C. Sylvia F. Allison C. Chris B. Catherine D. Chris Jamie. Kat- I'm sorry, Kathleen B. Was it Chris B. And who after Chris? 
Celui Can you say it again, please, one at a time? Catherine D. Catherine D. Thank you. Catherine D. And I think I heard Irini. Is that right, Irini? Okay, here's who I have. I have Sherry KB, Zuma M, Sylvia F, Allison C, Chris D, Catherine D, and I believe I heard Irini, but she didn't respond, so I'm not sure. Did I miss anyone else? Okay, let's begin with Sherry KB. Thank you, Sherry. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, a very grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, thank you so much for your service, Kathy, and everybody on the line. Um, this this paragraph um, is one of the paragraphs that I, I always refer back to and always read to and never, ever, ever want to forget um, because I do, as it's been said, have a built-in forgetter, the mental blank spot, the mental twist get together and 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 convince my intellect that I, I, I don't, you know, I don't have this disease. I'm okay. I don't have to, you know, worry about this. Um, so I never want to forget this. And what it also reminds me of is on page uh, 34, paragraph two, where it says um, that. Um, I'm sorry, hold on one second here. Um, it says for those who are unable to drink moderately. Sherry, we lost you. Are you there? Okay, I think we'll move on, and when Sherry comes back, we'll bring her back in. Uh, Zuma M., please go ahead. Can you hear me? Oh, is that Sherry? Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, I lost you. Okay, go ahead, Sherry. I'm sorry. Um, Thank you, Kathy. Um, It's Sherry KB again. I I just want to say that I never want to forget this paragraph. This is one of the most important paragraphs that I, as a compulsive reader, recovered, never want to forget, because without this, I'm in big trouble, Um, that unless I am working the steps on a daily basis, and um, lining my will with my higher power, I will forget that I, I don't have a choice. Um, I have a choice in so many other things, and my disease will tell me why well, I have a choice in this, and I don't. And without working the steps and without working with others and being connected to my higher power daily, I will forget, and I will be face down in the food again, and I will not stay recovered. And it reminds me on page 34 of how it says, on paragraph two, that for those who are unable to drink moderately, the question is how to stop altogether. We're assuming, of course, that the reader desires to stop. Whether such a person can quit upon a spiritual basis depends upon the extent to which he has already had lost the power to choose whether he can drink or not. And I have to, my disease wants to convince me that I have a choice in what I want to eat and everything, but the truth is I don't, and my disease wants me to forget that I have a disease and it's not that bad and that I'm not as bad as you. And so it is so important to to read this paragraph over and over and over again for me 
And without my higher power, without these steps, I can't do it. Thank you so much. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Zuma M, please go ahead. Okay, I'm not hearing Zuma. Sylvia F. Hi, this is Sima. Oh, Sima. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Sima M, grateful compulsive overeater living in recovery from New Jersey. Thank you, uh, Kathy. When I looked at this paragraph, the first thing that struck me is the entire paragraph is in italics. And I remember somebody, I never noticed it before, but I remember somebody in Vision for You saying that when something is in italics, uh, it costs the printer more money, it costs more money to print it that way. So it's really something that must be paid attention to. I don't know if there's, I've seen sentences in italics, but I don't know if I've ever seen an entire paragraph in italics, which... Uh, reiterates to me the importance of this paragraph. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't even aware that it was the first anything that um, caused me to start compulsively eating again. I remember one time before I came into OA where I was doing fasting for three days to get some weight off, and I went to my niece's, my newborn niece's birthday party, and I had one nut. And I left the party that day being so sick that I couldn't wait. I took the bus and I couldn't wait to get home because my, my body was in such pain. And um, that was one instance where I can remember that the very first literal bite sent me off. And, um, but, and of course, the memory, it talks about the memory of the horror. It's not that the memory wasn't even there. It's that I didn't even want to think about anything. I just wanted to blot it out. I guess that's what they mean. And without, and of course, uh, this program is what gives me the sanity. Working this program, and all the steps, and having a spiritual experience, which, as they explain, is a personality change, to become a person that wants to accept responsibility and take responsibility, and realize if I want a different result, I'm going to have to take a different action. So I'm very grateful and to Vision for You and to this 12-step program. I was just sharing with somebody today who called me and she said, I feel like I'm calling you too much and I'm depending on you too much and I should be able to do it myself. And I reminded her, if this was a self-help program that Bill Wilson would have written, this is how I recovered from drinking and how you can too if you use this book for your own purpose. It's not a self-help program, it's a we-help program and we can't recover without one another. And for that, I am grateful that I have so many opportunities to connect not only in face-to-face meetings, but also with um, this very powerful Vision for You meeting. Thank you very much, and I pass. Yes, Sylvia F., please share with us. Thank you, Kathy, and good morning, visionaries. This is Sylvia F., so happy to be here on this Monday morning with all of you. This paragraph is... um, tells my story and the big book doesn't equivocate the fact is that most alcoholics for reasons it doesn't say you know some of us might and others might it doesn't equivocate it says the fact is we've lost the power of choice in drink and our so-called willpower because we have no willpower when it comes to alcohol or food 
And here it describes what it says we are unable at certain times to bring in our consciousness with sufficient force, the memory of the suffering and humiliation. It's not even talking about the memory of the food. It's talking about the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. For me, it could have been the same day. I could forget the same day we were defense against the first drink. And in my experience, I know that I have been um, driving along no thought of food. Uh, in my thoughts, don't feel a resentment. I, you know, I'm just driving along. And before I was recovered, I would simply turn into a mini mart, no plan, and I would be walking up and down the aisles, figuring out what I'm going to eat in the car. And there's no memory that I can't do that. I have I, literally, I'm without defense. You know, if it would be easier, maybe if I had a resentment and I was like, then I was thinking about, oh my God, you know, I'm just going to go eat something and feel better. Uh-uh. It is amnesia. It is a craziness of the mind that I'm not even aware of. And so um, now it will certainly, I, I can get amnesia in my disease, even recovered. And so um, I have to remind myself in certain circumstances before I go somewhere, what are the things that are going to be problems for me? And I literally uh, carry a... Uh, I wrote out my uh, my abstinence on a uh, a little colored um, index card. I don't have to look at it. I I have one in front of my desk, and you know I I remind myself there. Uh, I don't have to look at it. But you know if I'm out and about, sometimes I literally still I've been recovered a while. I've been abstinent a while, and I still have to go. Oh yeah, I can't do that. That's a problem. Those foods, that behavior, that's a problem because I have an amnesia when it comes to this, this disease. And, you know, and it's the suffering and humiliation that I might be able to remember. It's, it, it isn't the food. Um, I don't know if I explained that well, but I hope that some of you can relate. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sylvia F. Allison C., please go ahead. Allison, press star one to unmute. Hi, this is Allison C. Can I be heard? Yes. Hi, sorry about that. Um, this is Allison C. in New Jersey. And um, this paragraph, um, as others have mentioned, is very powerful for me. And um, it's kind of this loaded paragraph. I could probably talk about this for an hour, so I'm going to try to keep it short. Um, so the whole idea of willpower, um, I always thought that I had this great willpower, and I think at some point I, I might have when I started out as a moderate eater. Um, I started out having control over this, like, oh, I could binge for a couple of days and that'd be good, you know, and then, you know, I wouldn't have to do that again. And then it just became my everyday, and I was completely powerless over it. And so that little line that I've highlighted and underlined and circled in three different colors lost the power of choice in drink. I completely lost this power to be able to decide on being able to eat or not eat cake. It was, I had to have it and I needed to um, claim my powerlessness over that um, because my willpower became 
non-existent at some point. And I, and I don't know how it happened. It just happened one day overnight. Um, and that little like blank spot, that amnesia of um, forgetting, you know, um, it's like this cycle of addiction of, um, you know, going around that circle, that vicious cycle of, you know, binging and then trying to control it and then saying I'm not going to do it again and then, you know, say I'm not going to do it, but I'm so powerlessness, I'm so powerless, I, I forget. I completely have this blank spot. So so how do I get out of that vicious cycle? How do I get out of that, that blank spot where I completely forget what had happened the last time I picked that thing up that I knew that I can't have? Why am I thinking all of a sudden that I can have it. How do I get out of that? And that's, you know, working the steps and going to meetings. But, you know, if I if I stop doing the work, if I stop doing the steps, if I stop going to meetings, if I stop calling my people, um, I'm going to forget that. I'm going to go back into that, that mental blank spot. And I'm going to go back into that, that vicious cycle of trying to control and then losing all control. Um, we are without defense against the first drink. Um, so for me, um, reading this the first time and then the 20th time, um, it was really kind of like this awakening moment. And I, like somebody had also said, I don't ever want to forget this paragraph. Um, you know, that just that one sentence of, of losing the power of choice and drink. I don't have, have a choice anymore. Um, you know, I have to stick to a food plan and, um, keep it really, really clean, keep my food really clean and be really, really careful um, when I do things like go out to eat or go to other people's houses and it's situations and behaviors too. You know, I wasn't feeling too great about my recovery these past couple days. So, um, you know, I canceled plans that I had to go to a Super Bowl party because I just didn't feel comfortable and I felt better and I went home and I did step work. So um, I think my time is up and uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Allison C. Chris B., please go ahead. Hi, guys. Can I be heard? Chris, are you there? Hello. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Go ahead, please. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Chris B., compulsive reader in St. Louis. Um, I am in peace today. I'm, I'm with my people, with you all. I love this paragraph of the power of choice in regards to food. I am powerless over all food. I'm powerless over healthy food. <laughs> my truth is that I will actually overeat on healthy food. And four years in a program, um, I didn't understand that I was 200 pounds down. And I had um, maybe six meals a day and the next day I would have seven meals and the next day I would have maybe six again it was all healthy food and I would sell my sponsor on it I would tell the world on why I was doing uh, what was working and there was no trigger food there was no purging Um, and I thought that's how I, I would recover and I was making choices all day long what time I could eat how much I could eat what I could eat it was all healthy food right and this paragraph, that power of choice, it just it hits my obsession between the eyes. I, I have the obsession that brings unwanted thoughts about food, and it's 24-7. That's what my life was like for 30 years, that I'm 
discerning and deciding that I'm on the right path, what I'm doing with food is right, or it's not. And that's how I gauged a good life or not. If someone asked me how I was doing, I'm like, well, I'm doing awesome. I'm on this diet. I'm uh, exercising. Everything's going well. And if I wasn't and they said, how are you doing? I would be like, well, hmm, I'm all right. <laughs> you know, I, I would lie. But this power of choice is something my obsession doesn't want to admit. I didn't want to admit um, powerlessness. I didn't want to practice it and say, you know, I, I have to eat at this time. Because I, I, I fantasized about being a normal eater. Like one day I would beat it. One day I could just wake up and say, you know, I am hungry now. Or I've had enough. And <laughs> it's a freedom in knowing that I can no longer do that. That I have lost the power to choose as someone referenced on page 34. I have a food plan that I surrender to one meal at a time. Um, and it tells me what sanity looks like in terms of food. It's not just the, the matter of healthy food um, and trigger food. I, I plan myself far removed from a meal as possible. Uh, I'm going on a, a trip in two days up to Vancouver at Whistler. And I have to have a plan. I'm already, I've already had the plan. Uh, the further removed I am from the food, the greater my experiences of recovery where I'm not on the spot or making last minute choices. And, um, this was the, this power of choice, letting go of that felt like dying to me. (laughs) That was revealing to me. That was so revealing how much of an addict I was, like what my life looked like without the power of choice. It just set the stage. It was like the key opening the gate to recovery for me because 200 pounds down and I'm back in the food or I'm just miserable. It made no sense at all. And now there's peace, there's sanity around my food, around my life. I'm not using my God. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. I love you all. Thank you, Christy. Uh, Catherine D., please go ahead. Yes, good morning. This is Catherine D. from Northern California, and I'm so grateful for this meeting and for everything I've heard um, this morning. I, I too, have that built-in forgetter, but I, I realized, you know, I also have this built-in blind spot that I read this paragraph for 30 years, and I never saw that clause at certain times. Therefore, I decided that I could not, I didn't actually identify in because sometimes I could be moderate. You know, sometimes I could eat like a moderate eater. And so I was always looking for, you know, the this time it'll be different. But the fact is I have lost my power of choice because I don't know, you know, at certain times I don't know what's going to happen. And therefore my only solution is entire abstinence. And it took me literally 30 years in the program before I recognize that clause so i and and it was because of a uh, vision for you and uh, everything that i've heard on this line so um thank you so much with that i pass thank you Catherine d and edini are you there okay i guess i didn't hear edini um we can now take some other names Beth B. Marilyn S.H. Okay, Beth B. Marilyn S.H. Carolyn S.H. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, Who else? Marietta P. Mariana P. 
Mariana, is that what you said? It's Marietta. Oh, Marietta. I'm sorry, Marietta. Okay, thank you. Teresa B. Lisa B. Uh, No, Teresa D. Oh, Teresa D. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you. Liz H. Liz H. Liz Liz H. H. Anyone else? Okay, let's start with Beth B. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Beth B. from Charlottesville, Virginia. Am I being heard? Yes, you are. Thank you. I I am a grateful uh, recovering compulsive over here eater in Charlottesville, Virginia. And sometimes uh, the way that the book words things, it, it's often helpful for me to go back and use the good old-fashioned dictionary. And it would seem that we would know exactly what the word power means. But I actually looked that up. And um, power is the ability to do something or act in a particular way especially with faculty or quality. And what this, what this paragraph is telling me, and it, it, and it says this over and over again throughout the big book, is that I have lost that ability uh, to, to have a, a choice. And the definition of choice is an act. It's an act of selecting or making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities. So I know that if I... If, I'll use nuts as an example because uh, nuts uh, are touted as, as a healthy food that I cannot eat because if I am, am, am faced with the, ch- the choice to eat nuts or, or to not eat nuts, I know that if I eat nuts, I'm going back down into the food. Um, and so I do have a, a, the choice that my higher power puts out in front of me every day. I've lost the power of that choice, and so therefore I must lean on my higher power to help guide me in the choices that I make and the actions that I take with my binge foods. Um, this, this paragraph is something that I have written and tried to memorize and commit to memory because, uh, and as I've heard people say, uh, we lose the power of our memory as well with this disease. Um, so I, I find it helpful to memorize quotes like this uh, whenever I find myself struggling. Uh, I also like sharing those quotes with people who are struggling. So um, anyway, thank you for letting me share, and uh, everybody have a fabulous day. Thank you, Beth B. Uh, Carolyn S.H., please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everybody. Carolyn S.H., I'm driving, so um, if there's weird background noise, I apologize. Um, I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater in Massachusetts, and um, I don't have a timer either. I'll try to keep this short. Um, I uh, thank you, everyone, who's quoting the book so I know where we are. And um, the power, um, having lost or whatever it is, I can't think right now because I'm driving, but, um, yeah, having lost the power of choice. So these days, that in a weird way, brings me great comfort because it is, it's like it's not my job. It's not my job to keep myself abstinent. It's my job um, to eat according to my food plan, but I don't, um, I don't have the power of choice. Um, the, the power that I have found 
relationship with is, is doing that for me. And what I wanted to share is um, uh, a speaker said something about, um, you know, sharing this with people who are still suffering. I was with a bunch of colleagues this past week, and we were all sitting down to dinner, and um, I am not 100% sure why, but it every almost every time I'm together with colleagues, there's some kind of conversation about food, and I, I think it's because everyone knows that I haven't had, well, what they know is I haven't had sugar in, in three years, and um, some of them I know them very well, and some people I don't know that well, um, but the conversation went right to sugar, um, and everyone else around the table was talking about how it's very difficult not to eat sugar, and um, one of the people is a very close friend of mine, and I I don't know, but I believe she's a compulsive overeater, and um, I know her quite well, and the question was posed to me, um, why don't I eat sugar? Why am I so strict? And I they were talking as if I had choice, you know, as if I was making the choice and I wanted to say, you know, it's been lifted from me, but I didn't say that. Um, I just said, well, when I do eat it, it's like alcohol is to an alcoholic and I, I can't stop. And um, my friend who knows me quite well and I know her said, but not everyone is like that, right? Um, and I just, it wasn't a place, but I just said, right, you know, um, but I knew she was, she's struggling um, but I just am so grateful that I know I don't have the choice. And I saw the pain and I could hear the pain that she thinks she does. Um, but anyway, I'm rambling now. So I'll end there. Thank you very much. With that, I pass. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. Uh, Marietta P., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Marietta P. And uh, the fact that, um, you know, I don't have any recall at certain times, you know, it's mentioned further in the book that it's called that blank spot. And, um, you know, I have no sufficient memory of what food has done to me. I recall what it does for me. That does me no benefit. But um, one of the things that when I'm working with women I like is, you know, when you're on a cell phone and that phone call drops, you never know when that's going to come or where it might happen. And I see that like the blank spot, that I, you know, I have no control over that. I have no control over what time or when or where I'm not going to have sufficient resources for myself and that I must rely on that power greater than myself. And, you know, today how I reach that power is through thy will be done, which aligns my will, which is my thinking, because that's what gets me going, thinking that, you know, this time it's going to be okay, I don't want to be different, and that, but that I am different, that I have an allergy to my alcoholic foods that trigger that phenomenon of craving. And I also have a mental twist that tells me, you know, I have a mind that tells me that it's okay and a body that says no way. And um, unless I bring the solution, which is a power greater than myself, into the equation, I don't have a chance. 
on my own human will or even me reaching out to another human um, unless they're guiding me back to that source, which is a power greater than myself, which I happen to call God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marietta P. And Risa D., please go ahead. Hi, my name is uh, Teresa D., and I am a uh, compulsive overeater, and uh, I'm I'm kind of struggling right now. Um, this paragraph is great because it reminds me that I have no control, and um, my mind wants to play tricks on me and tell me that I have control, I can beat this game, and all the lies, lie, 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 lie to me so that I will do whatever it takes to consume that food that is my alcoholic food. And, um, you know, thank God, thank God right now, I don't have to act on that. You know, I have uh, beautiful people to help me and um, a higher power to help me today, and I don't have to be alone um, as long as I do the work. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Teresa D. And uh, Liz H., please go ahead. Thank you. Um, what an amazing paragraph. I, I, um, it's so easy to see this phenomenon in other people. It's so hard to see it in myself. Um, but we are unable at certain times um, I, I think of Bill Wilson pounding on the bar. He was on a bus somewhere, and he hadn't had a drink for a long time, and he was telling his companion about uh, how he licked alcohol and how complete abstinence was the answer. And um, I don't know, the bus broke down, or they stopped somewhere for lunch, and um, I don't know how he got to drinking, uh, but he, but the guy turned to him and said, man, you're in." <laughs> and uh, gosh, I feel like um, with food, I'm just insane. I have a plan, and then like I want to change my mind. I've had a lot of practice looking for that now, and um, I, I stay pretty close um, to people in recovery. Um, but um, you know, I don't have long-term abstinence yet, and I God, I want it. So uh, thank you all for being here. It's a, it's a big help. Thanks. Thank you, Liz H. And we have time for maybe three more shares, two or three. Who would like to share? Oh, Ray B. Uh, Ray B, is that your name? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, it's actually O. Ray. Oh, okay. Thank you, O. Ray. Who else? Who else would like to share? Okay, uh, maybe I'll take a share then. Please go ahead, O'Ray. Uh, thank you. This is O'Ray from Los Angeles. Yeah, when it talks about the the power of choice uh, being lost, I, I don't like where I'm at today. Man, it's like I don't even want it back. Like I don't even want to think that I have a choice. Like I don't want that life again. Um, when it talks about the suffering, suffering and humili- humiliation. Um, you know, I still can go back to 
I'm just just like basically over 18 months of uh, food sobriety right now, and I, I can still vividly feel um, that suffering and humiliation that that, that was every day. Um, it's a I don't I don't want that misery back. That's a miserable life, and you know I feel safe and protected when I'm following the food plan um, that my di- my dietitian has prescribed. Um, when I'm not making food based decisions, when I'm sticking to that plan, running my ideas by others, um, I do all that because it's like I don't want the suffering and humiliation again. I, that's just I don't want that life again. Um, and if that means giving up the, you know, giving up the choice when it comes to food and, you know, following others' recommendations, you know, I, I, I go willingly. I do it willingly. Um, and it's just like a desperate feeling, like I just don't want that life back. And um, I attribute that feeling to, like, you know, the, the power, you know, it's like to the power that's working in me and around me right now. And, um it's like what I have now is just a lot better than the way it was. And um, I, I really do enjoy the freedom. Um, I, I enjoy being able to live now and being able to show up for life again. And um, fuck, that is a gift. And uh, something is working. Something is working. And I don't want to go back. That, that's, that's, that's just how I feel today. Thank you for letting me talk. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for your share. Is there any else, anyone else who wants to share? If not, I'll take a share. Anybody else? Okay, this is Kathy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston, and um, I'm really grateful that we read and shared on this paragraph today. Um, you know, for years when I struggled with my abstinence, it was because... I didn't have this fact in my consciousness. And I must say, uh, for me to have this fact in my consciousness, I needed to develop a relationship with a higher power who could remind me on a daily basis when I'm turning to my higher power and asking for his guidance and will for me um, that part of his instruction is not to pick up that first bite. I don't think I would have been able to do this on my own ever. I hadn't for many years. Even though I had been told about this, I was not able to remember this fact until I had a strong connection with a higher power. So... Um, For anybody who's new, um, this is the kind of writing that in italics that we can, you know, really ask our higher power to remind us of on a basis because it's so essential uh, to staying absent and to leading a life in recovery. And uh, I think with that, I will pass. And we have two minutes. Is there anyone else who would like to share? Okay, we will close the meeting then. Um, This is Lauren. Can I share? Oh, sure, Lauren. What's your first initial of your last name? H. Go ahead, please. 
Hi, this is Lauren H. Um, I'm a food addict in Seattle, and uh, I've never shared before. I've been listening to this for quite a while. Um, and I wanted to share because I've been in the program a long time, and um, I've had a variety of different abstinences at different times. Um, I left the program a couple of times because I thought I was cured, and, of course, I came back on my knees. Um, and these days, I would say I'm mostly abstinent. So every once in a while, I have extra food at night. And sometimes it's just a piece of fruit, and sometimes it's more. And, you know, I love this paragraph, but I, I never realized it says we are unable at certain times. I thought, well, you know, am I abstinent? Am I not abstinent? Um, I mean, I don't have sugar, and I don't have refined carbs or any of that stuff. But um, I still um, will have extra food. And actually, I just noticed recently that um, I eat all my abstinent meals compulsively. <laughs> I usually have the newspaper or, you know, I'm doing something else at the same time. So recently I tried not doing anything except eating, and I go away in my mind. I mean, food for me is about um, disappearing. You know, even eating abstinently. But I, I'll get back to this. This at certain times, and so I've been working really hard on this. I, um, you know, I've done big book studies before, and I'm just so happy that this vision for you is here. I've been doing it every morning and uh, writing every day, sending it to my sponsor, and uh, you know, I just keep um, working it. I just keep working all the steps and sponsoring, and I have a sponsor, and I. Um, do my reading and writing, and I pray that um, those at those certain times I will have a spiritual defense. And I do most days. It can be weeks or months. Um, and then that strange mental twist comes at certain times. So um, thank you all. I really appreciate uh, this vision, and um, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren H. Okay, well, it's now time to close this meeting, and I thank all of you who have been here with us. Um, we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164. Kathy Jo P., would you please read A Vision for You? It's meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand him Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.